Hey everybody, it's Dylan James right here on Out of Bounds. Dylan James on JDF Media. This evening I'm joined by none other than Tyler Sorensen and also very special guest from last week coming back this week. His name is none other than Alex Handley. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Doing great. Uh, it's warm outside. It was actually 60 degrees today, so I was happy. But now we're apparently under tornado watch because oh. it's 60 degrees in February in Wisconsin. So yeah, I'm sure the weather. I'm sure Mother Nature does not like that in Wisconsin at this time of year. So no, yeah, not not, good. not at all. Not good cotton. Uh, Alex, how are you, sir? Hey, no complaints here. Coming up on a nice four-day weekend down here in the Bayou, ready Ooh. for a little Mardi Gras action. Yep. You know, it's uh, we're this is our time of year. This is the time when we get to let loose a little bit. So we're going to have ourselves a good time. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Saturday, we're going down to uh, New Orleans, the the birthplace of Mardi Gras. And we're going to be checking out some of the floats, some of the and um, getting a lot of beads. Uh, I, I, the past two times I've been to Mardi Gras, we've come away with bags and bags of beads. So I'm assuming we're going to have the same the same luck this year uh, when we go see, especially Endymion, which is the night parade there in Mardi Gras. It's it's one of the best out there. So I'm excited. I'm excited to go see that. And also excited for something else that's happening in the world of sports this weekend. The Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58 will be occurring in Las Vegas, Nevada against the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. This matchup has been long awaited, especially for Peter Schrager. He's, he's been waiting for this one all season because that was his pick. And um, it's it's finally upon us. Do, do you guys, how are you feeling about this being the last weekend of professional football? I mean, I guess you can put spring football in that conversation, but ask me how many games I've watched of spring football since its inception, or well, its re-inception, what, two years ago? I mean, well, 2021, technically, if you want to go into the AAF the half a season yes. that it was for the AAF. The, the Alliance of American Football League. Yes. Yep. Which I missed. That was a fun time. I miss the AAF. That was a fun year for spring football. It was. I actually went to the first Orlando Apollos game. And I was I was there in the stands. It was at UCF. And yep. uh yeah, it was it was fun to see. Fun to see the 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 champion Orlando Apollos. Uh, that season they they were the the best team in the league until it went under because of uh issues Funny. with <laughs> finances yes um but yeah that, that was definitely great but aside from that aside from spring football professional football nfl and college too i guess you can say what are your thoughts on it being the end for the 23-24 season season was well, you... weird <laughs> i'm sorry no 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 go ahead go ahead go ahead oh, i was just gonna say this season was completely weird like we talk about every year how it goes by fast like I remember earlier this season, like, oh, the season's off. Season's finally here. We waited for the entire summer, and it's like, oh yeah, it's already February, and the season's already done. Yeah, I mean, for me, I say this all the time. Uh, the Monday after the Super Bowl is the day that my seasonal depression begins. You know, uh, all I have to look forward to on Sundays at that point is the fact that Monday is the next day. This this is my worst time of the year, but this this is when I get into the weeds. This is when I dive in deep. I start learning how am I going to start kicking ass in fantasy football six months from now. That's, so the prep starts on Monday. That's a good that's a good way to look at it, and that's a good way to to keep 
football year round for the avid football fans out there. So if you're out there watching the show this evening, uh, that might be something you should do this year. Just try it out. Do the Alex Hanley approach. See how that helps you get through this six-month period without actual NFL football on your TV screens. Yeah, wake up every day and choose fantasy football violence. (laughs) Yeah, and also a draft analysis will also have – um, you know, the, the scouting combine too. We'll have a lot of different things we'll be discussing on this show over the next few months as well. So we will not, uh, be going away completely for out of bounds. I'm sure we'll talk more about that next week, talking about what our schedule is going to look like over the next few weeks and few months. But, uh, d- don't worry. Don't you fear out of bounds is here. We will be here throughout the off season to give you as much football content as possible. If you're listening to this already, uh, subscribe to us on your podcasting platforms, all your favorite podcasting platforms, and also follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, and on Kick. We're everywhere. JDF Media and Out of Bounds OOB Podcast is the handle for our show as well. So go follow us everywhere. We really appreciate that support. Um, so let's dive into what happened two weeks ago is the conference championship games. We kind of talked about it last week a little bit. Um, it wound up being the Chiefs versus the Niners in this game uh, that's coming up to be Super Bowl 58. And it's been interesting to see the path both teams have taken to get to the Super Bowl. Um, a great game, the Lions versus the Niners in that game. And then the Ravens versus the Chiefs, that was a, a little less of a game than what we were expecting. But... Um, it's going to be a really fascinating matchup between these two teams. One, one team being the the new kid on the block in this scenario. I, I guess you could say new kid on the block. They've been there a few times, but it's it's been a few years in between for the Niners, um, especially the last time they were actually in the Super Bowl was the Beyonce Bowl against um, the Baltimore Ravens, which was many moons ago, it feels like, and Joe Flacco. Um, but you look at this matchup, the Chiefs and the Niners. Wait. Well, you said the Super Bowl for the 49ers? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm just, the last time they were in oh, there, it was... It was yes. 2020. It was 2020. Yes, 2020. It was. So it was COVID year, um, the year before COVID. So that's fun. Um, and there was also a tweet I saw earlier. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. There was a checklist of things that happened in 2020. And it aligned yeah, with things that. that are happening here to net, like this year in 2024. Uh, the same matchup yep. in the Super Bowl. Um, uh, Joel Embiid going down with a knee injury and having surgery on a knee. That happened in 2020 as well. Like, weird things. And then turns out we had COVID um, in 2020. So, that's weird. But, yeah. Anyway, um, this matchup. Uh, it's a rematch of 2020. Thank you for correcting me. Um, so, wh- where, where do we land on this? What are you guys looking forward to the most in this game? Matchups we're looking forward to the most that will determine the winner of this game. We won't talk about the winners yet, because we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. Um, but, Tyler, I'll go with you first. What, what are you looking forward to in this matchup? Yeah, well, we sort of previewed it on the Instagram live that we did before the show. I'm interested in the trenches. Obviously, we could talk about Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy all day. I think Trent uh, Trent Williams versus that versus Chris Jones is going to be a good pickup, as well as uh, Javon Taylor versus Nick Bosa is going to be another one. I think the biggest thing that the Chiefs are going to try to do is they're probably going to try to target Chase Young, who hasn't been a great pickup for them since they since they traded for him earlier this season. I think no matter which way you go for it, if if you're targeting the side that. Chase Young is on, you're going to have success. He hasn't really had that 
really good season since his rookie year when he got and then after he got injured he hasn't really been the same player so i think that's gonna be another sort of mind games especially because i think it came out earlier this week that eric the was actually actually back in the building again to do some analysis stuff because he's not gonna be a part of the commander's uh organization from now on so i still go back to your old stomping grounds in kansas city and try to help matt Nagy, the offensive guru win a championship alex yeah, I think uh, I think along the same lines, individual matchups are going to be super important in this game. We're looking at an electrifying wide receiver core uh, with the uh, with the 49ers against one of the best secondaries in the league this year. Um, you look at like Tyler was saying in the trenches, right? You got CMC and Isaiah Pacheco in the backfield, and you've just got dogs on that on the front line. You're right, so. I think uh, realistically where this game could come down to like the big difference maker could be the tight ends. I think that's where, because we're going to see two teams where one of them is missing their all pro linebacker and the other one is not the 49ers have got dogs at linebacker. So we're going to see a big difference in that middle of the field area coming up this weekend. And I think George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are going to have an absolute day on Sunday. You think both of them will? Both of them. Both absolutely. Of them? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, th- that's going to be definitely a good matchup. Uh, one thing I do want to note is Brock Bowers this week during Super Bowl coverage on Radio Row was talking about, uh, he was talking to PFT, um, Pro Football Talk, and Mike Florio had asked, and Chris Chris Sims had asked, which team would you want to go to? Which team would you want drafting you um, in the draft this year in April and w- without, uh, there was a bit of hesitation because he was kind of wanting to skate around the question, but he finally said the Tennessee Titans was a team he would like to get drafted by Alex. I know you're a Titans fan. I, I want to get your thoughts on that real quick before we get to my, my take on what the good matchup is going to be in this game. But if Brock Bowers is there at seven, is that too high? That's been the kind of the question around Nashville media the past few days. Is 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 the number seven pick too high for a tight end? I know that we had a pick in um in uh just a few years ago with Kyle Pitts two years ago with the Atlanta Falcons. I believe he went number four. Right. So he Somewhere went in there. very high up in the draft. Um but as of right now, with his production that we've seen in Atlanta, it hasn't really panned out to be a number four overall draft pick um, worthy of that pick anyway, and especially with the value of the tight end in this league currently and things of that nature. But another point that's been made recently is that the top two teams that are in the NFL still standing have all pro tight ends, have George Kittle and have Travis Kelsey. Also, the other two teams that were in the conference championships had Mark Andrews and had Sam Laporta. So these tight ends are out there that are contributing to the success of these teams. However, most of those tight ends are usually found in the two to four, second to fourth round range instead of the first round. So what are your thoughts on the Brock Bowers conversation? Well, let's look at the Tennessee Titans, right? Where were the two places they struggled the most this season? Receiving offensive line. Brock Bowers is a dog in the pass block and the run. In more ways than one. He was right. a dog. He is. He yeah. You're right. He was a he was a regular Uga down yep, there. He was an absolute. But he was a dog in the trenches. 
But then at the same time, he had the softest hands. He was catching everything that came his way. He was the he was a massive difference maker in that national championship win last year. And had they made it in then in the Florida State game, I think the bowl game that they played in, I, he went off in that game. Every game they played that he was there, and he only missed a couple of games with that tightrope surgery. Unbelievable. He is I genuinely believe that right now with the way that the league is with these expo- explosive passers and these explosive receivers, it's that middle of the area that makes such a huge difference. I And it's already been seen. Will Levis like re- helped revitalize Chigs Okonkwo at the end of the year, right? Why not have an even better tight end? And, I mean, you look at the history of Tennessee Titan tight ends. We've had amazing tight ends through the years. And I know they're trying to change the the offensive identity uh, going forward this year. But I think at the end of the day, if you can get Brock Bowers, because I don't know that he will be there at seven. I think he could go higher. But I think if you're if I'm if you're me, and you look at the production and you look at what you can do, I think you've hired this great offensive line coach who can make dogs out of anybody. You take Brock Bowers at seven if he's there, and you take the left tackle out of Houston in the second round. You did tweet at me, or you did you did send me a message privately yesterday, I believe, when this broke, or two days ago when it broke, um, talking about Brock Bowers and saying that that would be a good pickup for the Titans. Uh, I'm a bit on the opposite side of things, just because I, Chig, like you said, with Chig Okonkwo, Chig actually started building a rapport with Will Levis later on in the season last year, where he was struggling to catch passes and things of that nature with Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback. Then you also had a rookie that came in last year and Josh Wiley, who a lot of people have forgotten about because he got injured too pretty late in the season. He missed the pat- the last few games of the year, and he was actually turning into a pretty good, reliable target as well for Will Levis um, on the opposite side of Chigakonkwo. So, I mean, you-, you have those two tight ends already in the system. I'm worried about the offensive line still. I'm worried that if we did decide to take a tight end instead of a lineman or a wide receiver, I mean, more so a lineman than a wide receiver. If we didn't take a lineman, then we might have a situation where Will Levis gets injured, kind of like what Joe Burrows had over the past few seasons. He's had several injuries, and it hasn't been because of him. It's been because of his line not being able to protect him, and that's the reason why he's been getting injured. So you need protection. I know you were getting like one of the best offensive line coaches in the league and Bill Callahan coming over to the Titans to, to address that issue that we've had for several years since we lost Ben Jones and Taylor Lewan wasn't as, as sturdy as he once was. And, and, you know, some woes we've had there with injuries, but I think at the end of the day, we have to look at protection. We have to look at if it is a wide receiver, if a wide receiver drops there, like, uh, you know, a Marvin Harrison Jr. or um, a Malik, a Malik Neighbors or um, Romo, Rome Adunze, I think his name is. Romo Adunze. Yeah, Romo Adunze. I mean, if one of those three wide receivers are there, I don't see how you pass up on one of those wide receivers. 
And if they're not there, then I don't see why you don't pa- why you would pass up on a guy like Joe Alt or Olu F. Uh, we we don't say his last name on here because we can't pronounce it. Um, Olu F being there, it's very hard for me to pass up on a left tackle for a tight end when we have two tight ends that I believe can be very very valuable in this offense. Another thing as well, if you look at the Chiefs, no, I'm sorry, if you look at the Cincinnati Bengals tight end production. It's not very high. You don't have many tight ends in that system who are getting yards. I think the most yardage they got um, a few years ago with Hayden Hurst was around 500 yards receiving. And that was the most tight end had received in that system the past few years with with, uh, Brian Callahan being there. So you're not getting a lot of production from a tight end anyway. You're not putting a lot of focus on a tight end in that system anyway. So why spend a seventh round draft pick on a tight end when you could possibly get a lineman who could be there for eight to 10 years as your mainstay starter at left tackle or a wide receiver who can help you for six to eight, maybe 10 years, depending on how well he can play in the NFL. That's the way I look at it. So let me, let me bring this to your attention in the last five years, the Cleveland Browns have taken one offensive lineman and I'm not sure he's even still on the team or was a starter this year. And they had one of the best offensive lines in the country. We have their offensive line coach, right? Oh, are you talking about that big guy? I can't remember. Jedrick Willis. I think he was a starter this year. I think he was the right was tackle. He? So I know they I know they drafted a guy and he was like six eight, like three twenty, something like that for the Browns. Yeah, so uh I got six four three oh seven. Um, big guy i mean for sure big guy but so the rest of their offensive line though they're not they're not first uh first round pick caliber guys i don't know that we necessarily need to just refresh the entire line i think there was some good stuff and maybe some better coaching would be would go a long way with this group because what's the best thing for an offensive line reps we see like look at the eagles right last year they had one of they had probably the best offensive line ever in the history of the nfl and they had been together as a core for a couple of years at that point so i don't know i i'm okay if we take joe alt i'd be more than thrilled because that was Notre Dame probably had the third best offensive line in the league, and he's a great all-around guy. Uh, OLF, you know, like absolutely, we'll we'll take him because he's Washington, right? Like they were the best offensive line. Um, but I also wouldn't mind maybe seeing a little shifting, and then we take uh, Zentner from Michigan later on. You know, maybe move, put him in at center, move Aaron Brewer out a little bit. I think there's a lot of options. This is a great, great, great offensive line draft. There's so many options that I think to use it, uh, a a great draft pick like we have on an offensive line this year is not taking full advantage of what else is available. I I get you. I get you. I mean, I'm looking at it in the sense of, Wide receiver wise, we've been burned in the past. 
with top 10 picks, especially Corey Davis, I'm, I'm looking at you, being a number five overall draft pick and didn't do much in this league um, and retired last year because he just wanted to step away from the game. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel as though a lineman like a Joe Alt or I, I, I get your point with Bill Callahan. I get that he is a great coach. I get that he can coach up an offensive line to make it to where you could be one of the top units in the league, if not the top unit in the league. But having a blue chip player on that line is not a bad thing. I, I think that having more blue chip players on that offensive line than not is a pretty good thing. So, I mean, having your left side shored up. You have Peter Skaronsky as your left guard. You have either Joe Alt or Olu F as your left tackle. That could be shored up very, very quickly. And I think that's something that they need to look at. Um, and even if Bill Callahan wasn't there, having those two guys in place, that's going to go a long way for this team moving forward, building a championship competitor, a championship competitor moving forward for the next few years. Um, but again, it just depends on how the, the board's going to fall. I'm sure there are going to be several trades over the next few weeks, few months for positioning in the draft and things of that nature. We've heard a lot about Washington potentially moving up and going to number one to get Caleb Williams. I don't know why, why you would go get him. Again, the fingernail polish thing freaks me out. But we'll talk more about that when we get close to the draft. But um, at the end of the day, there's a lot of different ways this team can go. I have a lot of trust in Brian Callahan right now just because of the way he's building out his staff, the way he's building the team, what he's saying. I mean, everything he's saying sounds great, even more so than what we heard from Mike Vrabel when he first came with the team. So uh, I'm I'm hesitant to say we need to pick this specific player or this specific position at number seven uh, because there's a lot of different venues, uh, a lot of different avenues they can take to make this team good. But I still think leaning more towards offensive line, if those playmakers are unavailable at seven would probably be the best thing for the Titans. That's all I'm saying. No, I mean, I, you know, look, I think at the end of the day, we're going through a transition phase an unexpected transition phase. And I think the one thing that is, that is still there from last year though is Rand Carthen and he had an unbelievable draft and an unbelievable off season last season. Um, so I think if he can just continue to build on that success, you know, who am I to, to argue, you know, he, he's done a great job so far. So I, I think at this point, all we, all we can do is just sit back and be outraged with whatever happens. Yep. Absolutely. Um, sorry. We went on the Titans tirade. Tyler, um, we just, you know, had to talk more about the tight ends. Anyway, um, so... I can, I can give my opinions on uh, Mark Mark Murphy being forced to retire, so... Mark Murphy. You want me to rant? Yeah, Mark Murphy, our team president. He's being forced to retire because he's hit 70 years old. Oh, wow. Was so that just being a, was forced that a vote? to retire now. When did that vote occur with the, the shareholders it's in the his Green contract. Oh, it's in his interesting. Because since we are state-owned in quotation marks, and we're owned by multiple different people. We don't want it to be where it's one person retaining the power, so he's technically forced to retire at the age of 70. So he'll be retiring next year, I think in June. Are they taking so Are they taking applications is. for that position? Yeah, they're taking applications. I think they started looking last month, I think Did you early apply? January. No, God, no. 
okay. it's it's all businessmen people and i'm just like you have fun with that i did you hear about the the dude that applied to be the defensive coordinator though yes i did yes i did it and was Mark on Murphy uh, ha- yep. hand wrote a that's pretty I funny that. he I, said something I just he, he said something to the effect of you know we're not looking for a defensive coordinator we're going in a different direction however I hear the Chicago Bears would probably need some help, so feel free to apply there instead. Yeah. It's it's very funny. Um, so yeah, I'm going to miss Mark Murphy, great, too. That was funny. That was funny for sure. Yeah, I'm going to miss Mark Murphy because he's been our president since 07, I believe. So Wow. wow. Been for a while. So. Hmm. Do you think it's going to be somebody like internal that's going to be promoted probably. to I wouldn't be president? surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it is that or somebody that's fairly relevant in – like Wisconsin sports. If Gruber, if Mark Gruber from Gruber Law Offices somehow decides to become president, then I think all of Wisconsin will just be like, okay, he's okay. Hmm. So. All right. We'll see how that goes. Keep us informed on that as we move through the off season. We'd love to hear I'll try to. more updates on that and apply to, you should just apply and just see how it goes. Anyway. Um, in this, going back to our conversation that we started, boy, it feels like 20 minutes ago. Um, the Niners versus the Chiefs. The the thing I'm looking at the most in this game is Brock Purdy. The conversation has been about Brock Purdy being a game manager. Cam Newton's coming out saying that he's not even in a top 10, in the top 10 of players on that San Francisco 49ers team, even though he led this team more so than the time they went in 2020 where the defense led that team to the Super Bowl. It was mostly Brock Purdy and the offensive weapons who have led this team in particular to the Super Bowl and, and Super Bowl 58. So... I'm looking forward to see if Brock Purdy can be that guy, make some game game altering decisions positively in this game to see if he can actually win this game instead of it being on the shoulders of a CMC or a shoulders of Debo Samuel or the defense in that matter. Um, they have the opportunity to do so because we, we've seen with the Chiefs, especially in the in the AFC Championship game with the Ravens, they only put up 17 points. And the Niners' defense is nothing to scoff at. I still think there's going to be points in this game. But if you can keep the Chiefs to that low of a point total or somewhere close, uh, you can make it a game. And if Brock Purdy can make more plays than Patrick Mahomes can, then that's the way that they're going to win this game. Um, having CMC out there, having Debo out there, it's great. I think, again, he's he's giving the boy, the guys the ball, obviously, but he's getting it into the playmaker's hands. The playmakers are making plays, of course, but Brock Purdy is the one putting the ball into those playmakers' hands. And, you know, you look at some quarterbacks that are out there in the league right now that probably could not be doing that as well as Brock Purdy is right now. So, again, I, I'm, I'm interested to see that. I know that I think his, his stat line for rushing yards is like 12 and a half. Um, I was listening to... 104.5 The Zone today, Mickey, um, Mickey and Blaine, Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. And um, there was a a um, betting specialist that was on there talking about the rushing yard, saying she was going to pick the over because the Chiefs have actually given up quite a few yards in rushing yards um, to opposing teams, especially in the playoffs this year. So over 12 and a half sounds pretty good to me. I would probably pick that too for Brock Purdy. But that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that the rushing yards would go over, especially with on the Chiefs side of things. You know, it's uh, they are missing their linebackers. Um, that that's where they are hurt the most right now. Um, so I think we could definitely see a lot of running, especially running right up the middle, happening in this game. Uh, yeah, it's I think uh, it's inevitable. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, before we get our picks, we'll we'll say that save that to the end of the show. So we'll be going through a few different other topics before that. But let's go into the NFL Hall of Fame finalists list. Tyler put some uh, name names on here for us to look at. So um, I'll read through the list and we can kind of talk through which player out of those we think should make it the most, uh, or we 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 think will be chosen for the Hall of Fame. Um, Eric Allen. Cornerback from the Eagles, Saints, and Raiders. He's he was in the league from '88 to '01. We have Jared Allen, who is very familiar with the Green Bay Packers because he was a defensive end for the Vikings for many years. Um, Made my life hell. Yep, he did. He was he was very good. I did, all I remember of, of Jared Allen is well, obviously his play, of course, but off the field, especially when he retired, that photo of him riding off in the sunset with like, the cowboy yep. hat on and everything. That's that's what I remember from Jared Allen. Yeah. So. Um, Jared Allen, he was with the Chiefs, Vikings, Bears, and Panthers. Willie Anderson, offensive tackle for the Bengals and Ravens. Jari Evans, offensive guard for the Saints, Packers. Dwight Freeney, defensive end, which he made the Titans' lives living hell for quite some time. Um, from 02 to 2012, he was with the Colts. Long, long time for him. Hmm. Um, Antonio Gates, I didn't, I didn't realize this. He spent his entire career with the Chargers. I, I thought he had gone at least one other place before he retired, but no, it's because they moved. Because he went to, so he technically went from San Diego to LA. That makes sense. So he technically moved. That makes but. sense. Um, one of the greatest tight ends to ever do it. Rodney Harrison, safety for the Chargers and Patriots, mo- more so the Patriots. I think most people would recognize him for the Patriots' time. Um, Devin Hester, this is the guy right here, wide receiver, punt returner, and kick returner. Uh, with the Bears from 06 to 2013, and the Falcons and the Ravens and the Seahawks. He, he jumped around a little bit towards the end of his career. Um, Torrey Holt, wide receiver for the Rams and the Jags. Andre Johnson, which Cortland Finnegan knew very well with the Titans because of their infamous fight they had on the field, which that was incredible. Um, Julius Peppers, defensive end for the Panthers, Bears, and Packers. Fred Taylor, running back, Jaguars, Patriots. Reggie Wayne, wide receiver for the Colts. Patrick Willis, linebacker for the Niners. And last but not least, Darren Woodson, safety for the Cowboys. So out of that list, who do you all want to see make it the most? See, I'm gonna be ba- I'm gonna be biased because I this is sort of like the one year where it's like, okay, I've seen majority of these players play. I've seen a majority of them play. I haven't seen like a lot of them. Jared Allen, I feel like he should be in the Hall of Fame. He dominated every single place he went to. I think the only really, the only team he really didn't play well was the Panthers year, and that was his last year in the league. He only played half a season there, didn't really do well. I think he deserves it. Dwight Franey, just 10 years with one team and then sort of bouncing around, but still played for that long. I think he should be in. Antonio Gates, I feel like, should be in. I feel like, of course like you said, one of the best tight ends to ever do it. I'm still biased. I think Devin Hester should do it. You're the leading leading punt return touchdown. Have, you have the most punt return touchdowns in the NFL. You should be in, I think, in my opinion. Last one, maybe Reggie Wayne. I don't really know about the last one. Maybe somebody else, but I think Reggie Wayne. I I feel bad for saying not Torrey Holt, but I feel like if Andre Johnson makes it, then Torrey Holt's not going to make it ever. I think if Torrey Holt's out and Andre Jackson makes it in, I think it sh- I think it should be flipped. I think Torrey Holt should be in. But I mean, it's gonna be interesting. But also too, if Julius Peppers makes it, this will be the first player that primarily played for their pan- for the Panthers to be in the Hall of Fame. Wow. 
because it was between the Panthers and the Jaguars, and the Jaguars have had Tony Basuli, who played in the 90s. So it's just the Panthers that don't really have a player that is primarily known for the Panthers stint. Hmm. Interesting. Nice little tidbit there, Tyler. Um, Alex, who would you pick? I know Tyler named off a lot of names instead of just one. I named okay. off a lot that's of names. Fine. Just that's say okay. just basically all the first year guys that are first year, and then yeah, that's that's my guys. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I think you look at the guys that were big time with that uh, the you know the heyday Colts teams, right? Dwight Freeney and Reggie Wayne. I, I think Reggie Wayne doesn't get enough love because of Marvin Harrison being not Marvin. Yeah, Marvin Harrison being there, like. Yes, Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning held held the record, held the record forever of like most receptions between a quarterback and a receiver um, of all time. So, but Reggie Wayne was, if Reggie Wayne wasn't there, do you think Marvin Harrison's going to be that, going to be able to get open like that all the time? No, because like you had to play man against that team for so long. Um, you know, I think if I had to say someone who I on this list that I don't think should get in, I'm going to say Fred Taylor. I don't think Fred Taylor should get in there. If you just look at his stats, they're not that impressive. Yes, he was a fantastic running back in an age where running backs were all the rage. At the end of the day, though, he wasn't that special. He's not a Derrick Henry, right? He wasn't. So I I think uh, there's other people at that position that I would say need to go in before he does. Yeah, I could see him beginning skipped over the first time. I could see that happening. Um, Karen's chiming in, in the chat saying, "Hey all, let me pop that up there." Hey Karen, welcome to the show. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Um, I would probably say if I'm looking at this list. I could see Fred Taylor, like you said, skipping a year at least before he gets voted in. Um, I don't think he's necessarily a guy that needs to get in right now. And he's been skipped over a few times, I guess, because it's, it's since 2010 was when he retired. He has that five years. So you have to wait. So I'm sure it's probably been a little while since he's been nominated several times. Um, I think this is the first year he first or second year he's really been a finalist. Okay, got it. I think got there's it. been a few years where he just been he hasn't been selected as a finalist. Um, I mean, if I have to look at this list, I, I want Devin Hester to get in. That's my number one. I want him to get in, just to get the recognition because he deserves it. He he was electrifying when he was on the field for every team he played for, except for maybe the Seahawks. But everybody else, I mean, he was he was the guy. Um, I mean, outside of you know the major quarterbacks and wide receivers, I mean, he was so productive in the the kick return and punt return game that um, he was always a highlight reel waiting to happen every single week. Yeah, I mean, honestly, with the Seahawks, too, he was still noticeable because I think he returned one a few times. His, I think his most unrelevant stint has to be the Ravens, but even then he still had a few decent games. But, like, I remember with the Seahawks because I just remember him in that bright green jersey just and people were comparing him to, to Percy Harvin when he, when he was playing with the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, do you think that, kind of switching gears a little bit, do you think that Corderell Patterson, if he was still, if we still had the same rules for kick returns that we had when Devin Hester was in the game for Corderell Patterson, do you see a guy like that getting anywhere close to what Devin Hester did? 
If he did it his whole career, yes. But since he sort of had this late career resurgence with the Falcons, I don't think he really will. I think Minnesota just completely underutilized him and didn't know how to really use him. And then he took him to go to Chicago for him to real for them to realize, oh, you're fast. We're just gonna put you in the backfield to put you in kick return because you know what you're doing. Whereas Minnesota was like, oh, you're a wide receiver. We're gonna put you as a wide receiver, and you can't catch the ball to save your life. So I feel like it took Chicago to do it. I don't think I feel bad saying it because he should. I think he does. I think he could have if he has like another few because he he has. The most kickoff return touchdowns now, I believe. I think he passed uh, Dion last year or two years ago, something like that. So I I wouldn't be surprised if he does try to make some finals, but I think Devin Hester is just that step above him because he was able to do it his entire career, whether, whereas Cordell only has since maybe 2020, really, 2021, where he sort of came into his own. Yeah, I can see that. I, I just think I mean I'm I'm trying to think of anybody else who could have been that electrifying in the return game if we still had the same rules today that we had, you know, when Devin oh, Hester was in his heyday. I know one person. Who? Keyshawn Nixon. If we had the kickoff returns, I'm not just I'm not being biased either. I don't want to say I'm being biased at all because he's a he's our Packers punt returner, kick returners too. But if you watched him last year, he was taking balls out from halfway, three quarters of the way through the end zone, and returning it 50, 60 yards. Like he was insane. Like we saw it in the in the divisional round two, where he could he went, I think he caught the ball at like the one yard line and went almost scored a touchdown. He did it in a fumbling and luckily we got it back. But he was he's been in that electric. And I think if he was to go back a decade even with that sort of kickoff return, I think he could have been just one of the greats in the kickoff return game. Alex, you have anything to say? Ah, uh, you know, I think yeah, Devin Hester definitely. He needs to go in there. I mean, I feel like if you are a major record holder and your name comes up, it's you should be going in, right? There's a reason why people who achieve greatness at their position are always first ballot Hall of Famers. So sure, you know, Devin Hester didn't wasn't you know put up there the first year he was able to be up there but he does hold an extremely impressive record over a part of the game that is so so important like yes football is about scoring points but at the end of the day it's about territory it's about making sure you have more territory to work with than the other team does it's all about field position and this guy won games the way that he ran the ball. So I think if he doesn't get in there, uh, you know, then none of these guys should get in there, except for maybe Dwight Freeney and Reggie Wayne. Mm. Dwight Freeney was a maniac. He was so good. So game good. wrecker. Yes. Absolute game wrecker. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a good list. I think it's a good list of finalists. I mean, I, I hate the fact that we don't have a Titan in Eddie George in the finalist list. I'm, I'm sure eventually we will have his name out there to where he's at least recognized as a finalist. Maybe not get in too soon, but maybe in our lifetime, we might see a guy like Eddie George getting in, which would be nice. But hopefully Derrick Henry gets in there pretty quickly once he retires. I mean, I think Derrick Henry will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about he it. Should be. No matter 
what he does next. I think anybody that's a 2000 yard rusher for a season, like I think all of those guys are in the hall of fame. If they're uh, other than um guy who hasn't technically retired yet. Adrian Peterson, uh, Adrian Peterson. Yep. But I mean, I mean, to go with the, the Eddie George thing, unfortunately I saw a comparison that was like Fred Taylor technically had better stats, like almost all the way around than Eddie George did. And I just said, I don't think Fred Taylor should get in. So. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, even, even getting recognized, like I said, getting recognized as a finalist would be nice. Freddie George. Um, I, th- I think at the end of the day, especially sometimes in certain eras, I mean, people talk about, Derrick Henry and his body of work and say that, you know, they have questions about him being a hall of famer at times. There, there are several analysts out there who have those questions and it's typically the reason why like long longevity is one of those reasons is how many games they play, how many yards they run for things of that nature. Um, you can still be a dominant, a dominant factor at your position in an era that no one else was and still have less yardage, less uh, you know, carries, whatever, than the Hall of Famers that are out there. I, I still think that you cannot talk about this the past 10 years without talking about Derrick Henry in the running game. Well, I think at the end of the day, too, if you look at the teams that are dominant, like they all have outstanding run games. Isaiah Pacheco, CMC, Jameer Gibbs, the slew of running opportunities that the Ravens had. Like if I think I don't know if you could point out a single team that was in the playoffs this year that didn't have a a pretty solid run game. Packers obviously Aaron Jones was unreal during yep. the playoffs. Yep, he he was, was amazing. Yep. So I I think uh, you have to the game is moving towards the pass game, of course, but it doesn't matter if you can't run the ball because if they know you're going to pass the ball then they don't have to be worried about what you're doing up front. Yep. He affected the game in more ways than one, especially like you said, in, in the past game, they would think that he'd be running and then we'd play, do play action. Tannehill would lob it down the field to AJ Brown scoring for a touchdown when uh, the defenders were just caught flat footed because they thought they were going to be stopping Derrick Henry with a run. So yeah, I mean, he affected the game in more ways than one. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to see him, like I said, in a gold jacket, very shortly after his career is over, um, depending on what he does next, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the offseason. I'm sure there'll be more conversations and we'll have, have more rumors out there about Derrick Henry and his whereabouts after the season. But um, I still wouldn't be opposed to him coming back for one more year. That's just me. But we'll see how that goes. Um, let's talk about the Super Bowl prop bets that are happening because they always have the the slew of prop bets that are out there I'm gonna share in the chat a link to the PDF for this um, so there is a PDF that went out talking about Super Bowl prop bets and you can use this for your parties you have I usually have a sheet like this for Super Bowl parties I go to and I bring along with me um, for everyone to kind of play along and, and see what they think about the prop bets before the game starts but this is the PDF, and we're going to look at a few of these. We're not going to look at every single one. There's 25, I believe, all together. Um, but we're going to look at a few of these and see what we think. We're going to try to come to a consensus and see what we think will be the answer for these prop bets out there. Um, and these prop bets are not in all states as well. Um, they're only set typically to certain states. Typically, a lot of them are in Vegas, but 
Um, there might be some other states that have these as well. So kind of keep an eye out for them. So let's go down the list here. Uh, first, we'll go to the length of the national anthem. The national anthem this year is going to be sung by Reba McIntyre. And the line is set at 87 and a half seconds. What do you guys think about this prop bet? Do you think it's going to be over or under 87 and a half seconds? Over. I'm hammering over. the over. The last, let's see. So last year it was two minutes. Year before, a minute 51, two minutes, minute 49, two minutes, a minute 52. Who are the artists? Does it, does it say or no? Uh, Yeah, Chris Stapleton was last year. Okay. Vicky Guyton. I don't know who that yep, is. Yep, she's a country artist too. Oh, Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. It's always a country Demi artist. Lo- Interesting. Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato is oh, okay, not a country well, artist. I don't know okay. that much. Gladys Knight. Well, Gladys Pink. Knight was long. How long was Gladys Knight's? Two minutes and one second. Yeah, I was about to say it was a, it was a longer one. Pink. So it's like the last since 2012. There's been one, two, three, f- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight over two minutes. And you're saying that's not. It's going to go less than 90 seconds. Eight over two minutes. Eight over two minutes, and all of them have been over 90 seconds. Out of since, how many again? You said. Out of the last one, ten since 2012. Since 2012. Oh, since 2012. So 12 years. Yeah. So 12 years, and then all of them have been over 90 seconds as well. So. I'm hammering the over in this one. Interesting. Alex, you like that? So I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely going to go over. I have played the national anthem, I think, more than a thousand times in my <laughs> lifetime. Maybe more than, if you take the time before the army, probably 2,000 times. Um, like, I've played it pretty quick and i can't think of a time where it's lasted less than 90 seconds so yeah it's it's gonna be over this is unless she's got some real folksy way she's thinking about doing it like taking it and you know like some kind of waltz feel i don't i don't see how this is possible that it could (laughs) that it could possibly be less than uh less than 90 seconds yeah um i think i'll i'll go with the over as well so in this one, we think the over of the length of the national anthem will be over 87 and a half. So that, that's, that's a pretty good one. I, I was thinking of, of Reba being, again, a country artist. I, I feel as though she would sing it quickly, but she might want to be out there a bit longer because this is the first time we've actually heard Reba sing outside of the voice because she's coaching the voice as well. Um, outside of the voice in quite some time on national television. So I'm sure she'll probably yeah. linger a little bit um, on the song. So yeah, over 87 and a half sounds, sounds about right to me. This one is always one that everyone loves to pick. And um, there is a saying that goes along with this one, but I will hold on to that until the end. Coin toss result, heads or tails? I'm a heads guy. You're a heads I know guy. Tails- I'm a Ted's guy. You know, I know what they say about tails, but uh, in my experience, heads is a pretty good bet. So mm-hmm. unless they're using weighted coins out there, which, hey, we know the script is out there. The so, script is out there. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, I haven't gotten my hands on it yet to see what it said about the coin toss, but uh, I'm, I'm a big heads guy. So, Okay. Tyler, are you a heads guy as well? No, I'm... <laughs> Tails never fails. <laughs> yeah. Tails that's... never fails. It, it it's it's trusting me well. I think every single time whenever whenever I was playing for the co- for the college team, we'd always choose Tails and I think we get it like 75 to 80% of the time, so it's it works no matter what I feel like. 
I, but I you, don't know. But here's the thing, though. You always have to say Tails never fails if you're going with Tails. Yeah. You can't just say Tails. You have to say the whole. You have to hold it, say the whole saying. Absolutely, Tails never fails. Um, I that's the saying I was referring to earlier. Uh, I'm gonna go with Tails too. I think that the majority rules on this one, so we'll kind of go with Tails. Um, heads, if you want to be a risk taker like Alex, I mean, feel free to do that. But I, I think that. It has something to do with like the amount of metal that's made with George Washington's head instead of the eagle on the back of the quarter. I, something. So it's, there, there, the has NFL, to, there has to be a reason why. The NFL doesn't use a quarter. Well, true, true. But it, we have to see the design then. Before I put this bet in, I want to see the design of the freaking coin. I need to see it like hey, normally tomorrow. It's just the Normally it's just the Super Bowl logo and then the NFL shield. That's normally what it is for the Super Bowl. And I'm assuming the head is going to be the, the Super head Bowl is logo? the head is the Super Bowl logo. The tails is the shield. Interesting. That's I believe They're that's what it's even been too. Times the design yeah. is pretty even when it comes to okay. Well, throw that out the window. Um, I still think tails never fails. I, I'm gonna go with tails on that one. Um, let's go to the next one. We got first offensive play of the game. This will be pretty interesting. Is it gonna be a run or a pass? Run. I got run. I think to set, to set the tone. Absolutely a run. Yep. Yeah. I think set the tone is, is, is a good way to do it. Um, so run for that one. Let's go to the next one. Number of challenges initiated by the coaches. Let me see. What, what, one. what was that one? It was. I think it'll happen once. Over one and a half or under one and a half? Taking the under. Taking the under. I'm going to take the under too because I'm going to take the under because. Reed and Shanahan don't really challenge much. They're not big challenge people. If it was like if it was Dan Campbell and somebody else, I th- I would take the over one hundred percent because you know Dan Campbell's going to be chucking that challenge for like if there's nobody like there's no tomorrow. But I I think between these two, they don't really challenge a lot. Mm. I wonder if there's I wonder if I could find it. Find the number of challenges per yeah. day. Uh, you know what? Under sounds good to me as well. I, I feel as though the, the only thing is with this game, I feel as though possessions are going to matter. Possession is going to matter in this game. So if there's any sort of questionable call, if there's any sort of, I don't know. I, it's really tough for me to say under just because I feel as though it's going to be that close of a game where they have to, go to replay at some point um since majority rules in, we'll do under you know in, in theory though if you think about it we should have the absolute best officiating crew in the game we, we have two coaches that aren't known for their challenges i haven't known the super bowl to be a game where we sit around for 20 minutes waiting on penalties and reviews true things move fast i think this is like there's a team up there. We know that's looking at everything, making sure that everything is done right. And I think especially with everything that's being done with the officials and the scripted stuff, I think they are going to have their their thumb on the pulse on this one. Tyler, you see anything about, about challenges there? No, I'm just finding the NFL rulebook on challenges. Oh. Okay. So, which I'm I'm surprised it's not a stat that's like 
that's like watched because I think that would be interesting to take a look at and see which which teams are throwing the most challenges. Well, I'm sure season. there is, but you probably have to look at like the Elias, um, the Elias. I probably, yeah, you probably got to try to find some find a paywall, and it's probably not. Yeah, it's probably something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I was gonna say I did find this. Uh, seven out of the last ten Super Bowls, mm-hmm. tails has been the uh, the the uh, the answer seven out of ten times. Wow. So actually, I think I it's, find it's this. heads time. Maybe, maybe. Could be. And going back to the challenges, I did find this back in 2014, in his 15 year coaching career. So, so almost 10 years ago, he has he's used the challenge flag a total of 90 times since he started his career in 2014. So that's not really that long. Ninety times in fifteen years. That's not really that. Fifteen years Ooh. times sixteen games. Is at that point it was sixteen games per season. Yeah. So. So ninety. So sixteen, 16. times fifteen divided by or yeah divided by ninety. Right. Oh uh, yeah, two. I've got hey, I've got a rule, you know, oh, never do 2. math. 2.6. 2.6 yeah. per game. About 2.6 per I think. Or 2. Point, per game. Uh, a challenge uh, no, a challenge every 2.6 games. That's what it would be. Oh, got it. Hmm. So and it's 2.6 repeating, so Okay. Well, it's, it's math. It's math live on air. So, you know, that's not gonna be something, <laughs> yeah. something I somebody I somehow did something wrong. We're so. not paid for that. Um, yeah. OK, interesting. Well, we'll see. I, I'll go under as well. I think under is a good a good set. And also, I mean, look, thinking back at other Super Bowls, I, like Alex said, I don't really think of times when I just sat there for five, 10, 20 minutes waiting for challenges to be reviewed. So. Yeah, I think that's a good oh, one. Really um, fast before yeah. we before we move on, I want to. Uh, this is going to derail a little bit. Do you miss when they used to go into the blue tent and not have it taken out to them? Oh, I miss you know the uh, the big the yeah the big cover that they would like yeah. slide into. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Makes a real show about it. I don't need to see his face. I don't want to watch. I want him in there, locked in, blinders on, just getting into it in there. Yeah, maybe like take a break. You know. I like maybe that. he's a little tired. Maybe he's a little tired, man. Yeah. Get in there, take a break. I liked that, and also in in certain stadiums too, they would have it to where they would show the instant replay what the referee was seeing inside the instant. They'd have a a small picture on the bottom left corner of the referee, just a, a stable shot. I don't know why Alexis is talking to me in the background. A stable shot of the referee looking in the bo- in the re- replay box, and then on the big screen was the actual replay itself of what he was looking at and rewinding and fast forwarding. Um, so I, it, it was interesting. I think that that was definitely something they should bring back. Another thing too, that I saw they should bring back another thing. We're derailing this conversation with, they should bring back the way they used to paint the field for the Super Bowl, And also, yes, yes. Stop. I don't know why she's talking <laughs> to me. They also need to bring back the way they painted the field. And, Bring back the themed Super Bowl logos. Because the Super Bowl logos, the past, f- what, five years at least? It's just I mean, been it's better so, than what it... It's 
better, I guess, because it has like the the scene inside the LV III. It has like the the, the trees and Vegas yeah. in the background, whatever. But yeah. it's still not cool like it used to. Like they had some no. really really cool logos back in the day. I, I don't yeah, know why they really did it anymore, but they just kind of turned oh, it into uh, yeah. Well, at least it's not like, oh, here's the Super Bowl, and then here's the letters underneath it, like it was in like the early 2010s. Yeah, here's the like Lombardi 20... Trophy, here's Super Bowl, and then here's the numbers. Like, uh, that yeah, was it was stupid. like 2010 to like 2017, where it was just that each year. Now they're actually adding color back to it, which I'm so happy for. Yeah, but yeah, go back to go back to the fancy font that you can barely read and the colors, and just do that because it was more yeah. fun. I agree. I agree. No, yeah, they need they need to they need to take a uh, they need to take a play out of the playbook from uh, the WWE the way that they do the WrestleMania sign every year. Like this year, it's in Philadelphia and it's got a big old Liberty Bell right in the middle of that thing, and it yep. looks sweet. Last yep. year, it was in LA and it was all Hollywooded out. Like yeah, that, it's not, that's the way to do it. Yeah, and it's not like you don't know where the Super Bowl is going to be you know where it's going to be for the next few years. Like you, you can design as you can design one that's better than just, Oh, Hey, at least this year, at least next year when it's in new Orleans, there's actually like a guy playing the trumpet on it. So it's, it looks interesting, but it's yeah. still not like old school. You be, yeah. You can still be in, you could still have more, more personality into it. Anyway, bring it back. We'd love that colored feel like the painted fields and, Different logos for the Super Bowl. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, will there be a score in the first six minutes and 59 seconds of the game? Yes or no? Yeah. First drive. I say first no. drive. I think, so. I think the first drive is going to be about two and a half minutes long, and it's there to set the tone. I think both teams want to get out there, score fast, and show what they're there to do. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. In fact, I might be willing to go out on a limb and say both teams score on their opening drive, and they both have drives less than four minutes long. Wow. See, I could see that. I just want to be ballsy and say no. I just want to be ballsy and say no, because I could see San Francisco getting that, getting the ball first and then just running the clock down completely mm. with CMC. Yeah, but is it still going to be, is that going to be longer than seven minutes, their first drive? I mean, our, that's the thing you have to look at. Going back, going back to the Packers again. Our first drive versus San Francisco in the in the division round was was over seven minutes. Hmm. It was seven oh five or something like that. So it's just over. But it's like I think I could see it happening, especially if especially if Shanahan is methodical with it, because I don't think he wants to give the Chiefs that much time, especially how we especially back in uh, twenty eight to three land. I'm going to say yes, because I think it's going to be similar to like the Buffalo Bills game, Chiefs and Bills game. I think it's going to be quick hitting at the very beginning, quick hitting, and then methodical after the first few drives. Um, so majority rules. Another question for you, though. If the coin toss occurs, let's say for the Niners, and the Niners win the coin toss, do they defer? Yes. Shanahan loves that. The four minute window between or the six minute window, whatever the whatever the hell that everybody's been talking about now between the last half middle of eight. the first yep. the middle eight. Okay, that's yep. what it's that's what it's officially called. Between the the half first the ending of the first half to the beginning of the second half. Shanahan loves that. He loves it no matter what. Alex. 
Um, yeah, no, I think um, I think I don't know. I'm tempted to say that whatever team gets wins the toss is going to get is going to take the ball first. But because I think they they know that whoever scores first and whoever scores last are probably going to be the same person. And they set the tone that way, too, if they score first. I don't know. Um, I, I'm kind of along. I, I understand Shanahan's point of view. If that, you know, I, I, I agree with you there, Tyler, that Shanahan has that, that point of view when it comes to the, uh, the middle eight, but um, it's a Super Bowl. I think they want to, they want to come out. They want to set, set a tone, uh, send a message on their first drive. And whoever gets that coin toss would want to, want to keep the ball, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, First accepted penalty will be against which team? Chiefs. 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 You have one of the most penalized offensive linemen in the league. It's going to be the mm-hmm. Chiefs, and it's going to be a false start. I was thinking holding. <laughs> Either mean, holding or false start. Two. It's going to be one of the <laughs> one two. One of those two. Yeah. But, we're thinking, but we're thinking of the same guy. So. Is, Patrick, <laughs> is Patrick Mahomes going to complain to the referee when this flag gets called? You know that uh, in I don't the, think it's gonna be uh, in the Muppets when uh, uh, what's it Kermit the Frog like he gets excited he like just waves his arms uh, yeah I think yeah. that's yeah exactly I think that is gonna what we're gonna see with Patrick Mahomes at some point this game mm. he's, yeah, gonna, he's gonna he really he's he's really embracing the Kermit the Frog thing I don't know oh if yeah absolutely he is yeah he's really embracing it so I think he might just go full Kermit he might they might even come out in green jerseys. Just for mm. him. Okay. Uh, you know um, what he needs to do one of these days? He needs to have so the Sunday Night Football logos, the introductions. He just needs to have Kermit the Frog, the puppet guy, just do his introduction for him. That would be great. That would be great. Or he just says, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Sesame Street. Like, <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, that would be good. I like that. Um, let's call his agent and tell him to, to tell that to Patrick. Um, the color of the Gatorade bath. The selections this year are water, clear, and orange is one selection, or any other color is the other selection. I watched a TikTok video on this. Somebody has gone through every single San Francisco game, and if San Francisco wins, it'll be the color blue. Because mm. almost every single time they show the sideline, they have blue Gatorade on the sideline. Interesting. You know, I think the Super Bowl is a special day, right? And special days call for spe- special things. Yep. And I think in this case, we are going to see purple Gatorade for the winner. Oh, okay. I'm a purple purple enthusiast Yep. for the Gatorade. Wings up. Wings up, as they say. Um, I like any other color. I always like these these choices when it's like this or the field. This is pretty much what this is. So I, I'm going to pick the field and say any other color. Because I like that too. I don't want it to be boring like water, clear, orange. It's stupid. Um, it won't be water. It shouldn't be. No. It shouldn't be. But we'll see. Um, last but not least, position of Super Bowl MVP. Is it going to be quarterback or any other position? Yeah. That's a tough one because I think it is going to come down to quarterback play. However, 
I could see it being one of the running backs this year. I think Isaiah Pacheco is the best weapon on uh, on the Chiefs' offense. Like, if you look at just consistency of play. But also with what I said earlier, tight ends, right? And George Kittle, Travis Kelsey could be one of them. So I'm going to go any other position. Imagine this. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey wins MVP and then proposes to Taylor Swift on stage with millions watching. Millions upon millions of people watching. He has been dodging that question hard this week. Absolutely. Hard. So... I still don't think it's going to happen. Could you imagine... But... Oh, could you imagine the Swifties that week this week, though? She announces a new album, wins Grammys, gets engaged? Come on. It would be... That would be crazy. uh, Even though it wouldn't be the same week, technically. It would be the same... What? Eight eight Um, days? It would be eight days. Yeah. Eight days. Sunday to Sunday. Yeah. Eight days. So, that'd be a pretty pretty good stretch right there. Hmm. That being said, my my theory is that if they decide to get married, nobody will know about it until about six months after it's happened. Yeah. Mm. Tyler, what do you think? I'm just going to be basically and say quarterback. Mm. I, I I really do. Th- I wish it. I wish I could say that it's not going to be. But if the Chiefs win, I could see just be Patrick Mahomes winning it because Patrick Mahomes is going to do something crazy. Brock Purdy, if he shows out like I think he could do, especially because it's in a dome, he doesn't have to deal with any weather issues. He's gonna be able to sling the ball. I think he'll, I think he'll prove to everybody that he can have that great game that he sort of has been showing the entire year. And I think he's sort of tired of the whole why why am I getting overlooked with this team of super teams, like the super super of super teams, like. I think he's just will he's just going to try to show out no matter what he can do and especially and especially show the NFL like hey if I didn't get injured last year we would have we would have ran it back no matter what. Yeah. I would like to propose this though. Last year what was the biggest controversy of the Super Bowl? The turf. Field. Uh, the turf. Yeah, it was. The turf laid down by the sod father, right? Well now Look what's already in the news. The day they arrive in Vegas is people complaining about the sod that's been put down on the practice field. Mm-hmm. And not for the Chiefs, I... for the 49ers. No. Oh, no, no, no. Not for the Chiefs. Of course, for the 49ers. I thought that was wild that they put the Chiefs in the Raiders' facility. I couldn't believe that. That blew my mind. I mean, that wh- they did that. Ha- was it the NFL who anointed that, or was it the Chiefs just got there and claimed that practice facility? No, first? they they know that these things are assigned like a hundred percent. Like those those things are assigned ahead of time because they they send people out to get things ready. There's people been there since the game. Is the, the last AFC, game ended. Is the AFC the home team this year? I think so because I think they're wearing their reds. Okay. I think last year was Eagles, which I I wish I know it's I know it's they switch it each year where it's AFC NFC AFC NFC. I wish the winner like sort of did it 
going back to the baseball where whoever won the uh, All Star game for All-Star baseball game. they would yep. have the home they would have the home field advantage. I think Pro it Bowl. should be, I think it should be the same thing for the Pro Bowl mm-hmm. for the Pro Bowl for the NFL because I think it just puts an extra emphasis on like hey we want our di- we want our division to have that home field advantage, especially when the NFC is is able to win it. Then it's like okay hey guess what San Francisco is getting the home field advantage. Can you look up the the viewership numbers Tyler for the Pro Bowl this year, the actual yeah. game itself? They're good. Were they good? They were pretty good. I didn't like, see from what I'm understanding the numbers, but I just want to see what they were. It, uh, I mean, it it outdid uh, the NHL All Stars. It out it outdid a few things last week that you'd be kind of surprised uh, to see it outdo. So, I mean, mm-hmm. now again, it wasn't like a one day event like it has been in the past, right? Like the last two years, now it's been these games that last. I think they started Thursday and went all the way until the final game on Sunday. Um, so, you know, they're going to stack up some viewership there. Um, but I think if we're talking numbers, viewership numbers, did you hear the projected number come out of Roger Goodell's mouth for tomorrow for Sunday's game? No. He said expected 200 million. Wow. 200 million. I think the next highest is like between 150 and 170. Like That's he's insane. expecting a huge huge bump. Like I mean, I think this is probably the best case scenario for the league these two teams. I mean, they, they, they were they were dominant last year. They were dominant again this year. Can the Chiefs go back and win the Super Bowl for a second time in a row? Um, are we watching a, a current dynasty forming in Kansas city? I mean, that, that's, that's really all the storylines coming into this Brock Purdy. Can he lead this team to a win since they missed out in 2020? Can he be the savior for this team to, to get over the hump and actually win a super bowl? Um, there's a lot of factors there. I mean, I think they're great storylines. Don't get me wrong. I, I think that. The Lions, do you think if the Lions were there instead of the Niners, the numbers would be this high? Oh, yeah. The projection would be this high or higher? It would be higher. higher. I mean, I think there was a lot of people uh, who were following, like that don't usually follow these things. I think there's a lot of people following the Lions, like rooting them on that normally wouldn't necessarily care that much. They were such a feel-good story. Um, I feel like this year we have uh the team that's there to prove it and then you know the guys who are kind of playing the villain with the chiefs you know it's i don't know it's uh it's an interesting year this year to to like when you look at like who's there i think the only other one that might have done better as far as numbers would have been maybe niners steelers just due to the fact that those or or like steelers cowboys just due to the fact that like those are the teams with the highest following. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like when you look at who has the highest followings, it's the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Niners, the and Packers. Then the Chiefs are Packers, are Packers, up yeah, Packers are up there too. Yeah, Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not as I, you know, I don't feel like they're as vocal of a fan base as yeah. some of these other ones, though. Like, oh. I know that there are Packers bars and so, oh yeah. I mean, I think 
yeah, I, I think uh, I think this is a great opportunity, though, viewership-wise. You've got two huge fan bases, two storied teams. I mean, this is the Joe Montana Bowl, right? Like, this is – I think this is going to be um, – I think this is going to be a good – I think it's going to be a good game. Hmm. Um, Ann Bailey is jumping in the comments saying, just hopping in, Alex, two weeks in a row. He's here. Uh-oh. He's here. Also, I found those Pro Bowl numbers. Yes, please. I don't get. I don't know where you were seeing that it was one of the best Pro Bowls in recent memory. Apparently, it hit a new low at five point seven nine million between ABC, ESPN, Disney XD, and ESPN. Deportes. I mean, maybe compared to NHL All Star, and I mean, we didn't see those numbers. But I mean, I mean, NHL All Star was just one point four. So the big thing here's one thing I'll say about the NHL because I used to do a show puck off with Chris Nosick um, on JDF <laughs> as well back in the day uh, last year. Um, the big thing with the NHL is they are turning fans away in the biggest way possible. They're making it to where fans like me being a Predators fan, Tyler being a Chicago Chicago um, Blackhawks fan. Blackhawks. They're making it hard for those fans to actually watch their teams. To ask me how many games I've actually watched on local television of the Predators this season. Two, maybe. Maybe. And one was on ESPN Plus, and the other one was on TNT. Yeah. Valley Sports. Like, isn't every, isn't Valley every Sports, game available on ESPN No. No. Valley Sports is the main carrier of of local hockey content, local hockey games. But Valley Sports is not available on YouTube TV. You have to have a separate subscription to Valley yeah. Sports to watch these games. So it's your turn. Like, instead of making it to where it's easily accessible for fans to actually get involved in these games and to watch their favorite teams play. They're making it harder and harder every single year to watch. It's mind boggling to me. I don't, I don't know why they're making it to where it's so difficult to watch your favorite team. The Titans, for instance, we can watch the Titans games every single Sunday here in Nashville at on, on Sundays on CBS primetime Every single Sunday. Doesn't matter if they're playing at Nissan Stadium, which is a local blackout for most hockey games. For most Preds games, if I'm trying to watch a Preds game from Bridgestone Arena at my house, it is a quote-unquote blackout game because they want me to go buy a ticket instead. You're turning fans away. I don't know why I'm on the soapbox. I just say I'm Chris Nosek's in the chat. We'll look up his comment in just a second because he has a lot of thoughts on that as well, being... Um, puck off is still going strong, um, on another network. So go over there and, and follow Chris with, uh, puck off. But Ann Bailey said it's because they spent $0 on marketing the pro bowl. I'm pretty sure talking about the pro bowl, they, they really didn't spend much money at all. And, and we, we've, we actually well, they have... did it over. What now? Oh, they did it like over like two days. Cause they did their skills on Thursday. Yep. And they did the actual game which on they, Sunday. Which they used to do that. They used to make it to where the skills they competition would be like during the week on ESPN. Then the actual game itself, because it was a game, not just a flag football game, the game would actually be on Sunday on national television, and people would be able to watch it that way. But it, it's they made it to where there were still games going on, like with the linemen, because there weren't really linemen who were involved in the no, game at all. Like- yeah, it was like a strongman competition for the linemen. Like this is this would be my way of marketing the Pro Bowl. If and if if anybody in the NFL is listening in chat, have it a completely behind the scenes week. 
You can have it be a weekend. You can have it be like that. Go on NFL Network and just show the whole thing. Just yeah. have cameras following like everybody around. Make it like Big Brother for the NFL and just have cameras everywhere. Put the players who are in the Pro Bowl in a house for a week. And just put okay, cameras man. in there. Look, we already had Tyler Huntley in the Pro Bowl last year. I, mean, I think if you're yeah. trying to get people to actually show up to the thing, you gotta. I think you gotta do a couple things. You gotta. You need to send it back to Hawaii. Yes. Put it on. Put the whole thing. House everybody on a private resort. Make it to where it's appealing for players and their families to come out and do something. Make the prize more than fifty thousand dollars to the winners. Make it a massive massive charitable donation that they make every single year. I'm talking 10, 15 million plus. It needs to be the biggest donation the NFL makes every year. Uh, and it doesn't need to go to whatever uh, the players fines go to either. It needs to be to a real organization that, Oh, here we go. The money goes to the don to the foundation of whoever wins the Walter Payton man of the year. Yeah. I think that'd be a I like great that. idea. I, I have to say with the Hawaii thing, first of all, the time zone's weird for the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. Second of all, there's not many people who actually go to the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. They don't have enough yeah. they don't have enough fans there. Their fans are not going to fork over all the cash to fly out to Hawaii to have a Hawaiian vacation to just go watch some guys play a scrimmage game of football. They're not going to do that. I like Orlando. I like the fact that it's there. I like the fact that, I mean, I, I wish they would team up with Disney again. I think that teaming up with Disney, having it to where it's like similar to what happened with the bubble in the NBA, where they were at the Grand Floridian. Everybody was at the Grand Floridian. All the games were happening there at ESPN Wild World of Sports. Having it all there was great. This year in Orlando, they didn't partner with Disney. They partnered with UCF, was the main location for all the festivities they had because they had the the... the football field inside their their building there their training facility yeah. for the for the golden Which knights still great great campus for ucf oh i know gr great campus for ucf but if you had it at disney you could have all the players staying all in one spot and and be similar to the nba bubble i, I think that would that would have been the best thing to do yeah. again i i think they need to do something different with it i mean flag football it's okay it's okay i mean like they, they weren't going to tackle each other anyway. It's not going to be like the, in the mid-90s when we used to watch the Pro Bowl and they were knocking the shit out of everybody still. They're not going to do that. So flag football is a good alternative, but it's just like I you, you have to do something different, one. And two, players are opting out left and right. In the NHL, if you opt out of the All-Star game, Chris can attest to this, you get fined if you opt out of the All-Star game. Alex Ovechkin for the Washington Capitals has been fined numerous times for skipping the All-Star weekend. So, I mean, you, you, if you have things like that happen, then these players would actually go and play a one-game suspension for Chris Nos uh, from Chris Nosek, he said. So, you get suspended if you don't go to the All-Star weekend. Like, they want to see the All-Stars play. They want to see the guys play that were the best at their positions throughout the year. And if they're not going to the Super Bowl and they're not like very injured, like they didn't end the season on IR, then you should be there. Regardless, you should be there. Um, a lot of comments we have to get through real quick. Brian, good friend Brian over there on Twitch is chiming in. Good evening to you as well, sir. 
Chris said, Bally Sports is bankrupt, and I believe the national market was part of the group picked up by Amazon. Yes, it was. There were several markets that were picked up by Amazon to be starting streaming with Amazon Prime. But again, it'll be... Wisconsin wasn't. Wisconsin was not. But it will be a separate charge you have to pay now to be included in those to watch those games so again you're 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 making fans you're making it difficult for the fans to watch their favorite teams which that should you guys see did you guys see the the new thing that just got announced oh Oh, espn espn fox Fox and warner brothers i believe yeah warner brothers discovery yeah and that that it's not it's to be determined on the name. They haven't announced the name yet of that service. But again, someone brought it up. I think it was Trey Wingo put it on Twitter. There were several other uh, analysts who put it on Twitter saying pretty much what we're doing is we're making it to where we went from cable to all these streaming platforms and combine to make cable 2.0. That, that it's, it's all it is, is cable 2.0. It just yeah. make it cheaper for everybody. But the there's, thing that's, there's no reason. It's the thing so that's nice, though, is that I love the idea, though, that I don't need to pay like a massive price tag if I don't want to. I can cater my uh, my preferences, right? Yeah, yeah. I like that there will be something that is probably going to give me 90% of the sports that I want to watch. And all I'm going to have to pay is probably 10 bucks a month, right? Well, yeah. Uh, Maybe. 15. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, realistically, I mean, Netflix I think right now, I think Netflix be... right now for an HD package is like $20, $22. Yeah, but that's until, you know, every phone company on the planet is like, hey, come to us and we'll give you, give you Netflix this for free. package. Yep. For... Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it happens. Like, it is what it is. But the thing is, if I didn't want to have Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu, espn plus i don't have max right now i don't have it um like i because you don't need to have everything if you don't want to i've got a friend he cycles out every three months which one he's subscribed to that way he's constantly getting caught up on whatever's there so it's like he's not he's never doom scrolling through netflix trying to figure out what he's going to watch next because he doesn't have it but he does have 10, 15 shows to get caught up on the other ones. So like it, 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 it allows for more options. And I do appreciate that. I mean, the only one that you're going to find me with nonstop is probably going to be uh, prime video, but that's just because it comes with my Amazon prime subscription. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's usually what people are doing. I mean, I, I have YouTube TV, love YouTube TV. I think it has most of the channels that I watch anyway, um, only thing I'm missing is, is of course, Bally. But at that point with Amazon getting the rights for streaming, I mean, hopefully I'll get some sort of discount being an Amazon employee. Probably won't. But um, we'll see how that goes because it's, it's supposed to be finalized. I think that after this season, we'll see more things with the NHL. Um, and Bailey said, the people that post the illegal Reddit streams are doing God's work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, thank you for your service. Brian says, I have to watch the Panthers over here every Sunday as a Packers fan, so I have to buy subscriptions. Is that the same thing for you, Tyler? No, because I live in Wisconsin. Wait, Brian, you're not in Wisconsin, right, Brian? You're, like, in Carolina. I believe that's the case. I think that's the reason why. Yeah. Um, I know for, like, I know because when I was, so when I went to college in Idaho, I was trying to find a way to to watch it 
which this sucked, by the way, because this was in 2017. So there was like no streaming. There was like YouTube TV wasn't out yet. There wasn't anything like that. So I was like, I was trying to be like, okay, how can I watch the Packers? And it's like, I, I nothing really, just anything like that. So if this if this was happening like like five years ago, I would be loving it. Because then it's like, okay, cool. I can watch my Packers. I can watch my sports. I can do everything like that in in a college dorm and just be set up on the internet. Now it's like, okay, I'm out of college. I have my own, I don't know. Well, I'm close to living, getting my own place. Like, I don't really need this anymore. So it's like, okay, I wish this happened a few years ago, but at least people that are going to college now have it. Yeah, true. Um, Chris said, Bally Sports is what screwed up coverage. The league is trying to fix it, but can't because of contracts. He also oh, said... Oh, it screwed up the NBA ones, too. Yeah, they screwed up the NBA as well. He said, however, um, remember when NHL Center Ice was one twenty nine ninety nine for the year? I actually, the last two years of NHL.TV... That, that was what I was using the last two years of it before they went to the whole Bally Sports contract or whatever. It was like 119 for the year, 120 for the year, something along those lines, like, like Chris is saying here. But I could watch every single game I wanted to in the season. It wasn't just the Predators. I could watch every single game. There were no blackouts. I didn't have to worry about that, except for nationally televised games, obviously, for TNT and things like that. But I had access to those still. So... That was great. I, I mean, I didn't mind buying that because, again, you're watching every single team and you can go back and watch replays of every single game throughout the year. That that was affordable compared to, like, the NFL. NFL's Sunday ticket is, what, like $400, $500 for the season? It's ridiculous how much NFL, yeah, NFL Sunday ticket is. If you're a student, it is a little bit cheaper for students. But It's, a, it's 100 bucks. Dang. That's great. And it's $350 with, off. It's included with YouTube TV. It's not feasible for me because I, I go to the games anyway for the Titans. So I'm usually away for Sunday games. If I need to watch a specific game that's out of my market, I go to, like Ann Bailey was saying, the illegal streams, which I do not watch those. So don't report me. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's, that's, it's so hard to justify that price unless you're a student, which I guess that, that, helps but um anyway uh chris also and dylan let's be real nashville isn't worth watching much anyway you hush um we're in a retooling phase okay retooling for the predators this season and they're actually still right on the cusp of the playoffs which hey not a bad thing um and bailey said pro bowl used to be over several days when it was at disney sports complex yes it was she said um the game was also too damn long this year which it did drag on I quite a bit because there were some challenges that happened, some flags that happened. Ray Lewis almost—I mean, never mind. I was going to say almost killed someone, uh, but it was—it was. It was <laughs> I mean, he was out there being a coach, and he was upset with the referees for calling a flag. Again, it's a flag football game. Like it, you don't have to be that into it, but he was. Um, I mean, it's Ray Lewis. Look, you yeah, but hey, true. that's the thing that you know what though. That's the thing that. Right, you and I don't understand it because we don't have that competitive edge, like like that drive True. that they have. True. That I mean, that's always what they talk about with like these ultimate competitors. Like, there's a reason that Peyton and Eli are still taking it so seriously because they, as brothers, have been the ultimate competitors against each other. And you said for was, as long as they've both been alive. You said it was fifty thousand dollars per player. For the team that won, uh, or what? What, I, what was the I think prize? So. Okay. I, I think it's somewhere in there. I think they get NHL like a... NHL for the All Star Game. It was a million dollars. The the winning team split, yeah. and it's only I think there was only what nine? How many guys were there? 
It's three v three. Not a big team. It wasn't a big team. It was less than fifteen per yeah. per squad. There were only four squads. So I mean, you got a pretty good chunk of change for winning if you if you did win the game. Um, Chris said, "Yeah, one game suspension unless you're injured." Um, which again, that's the caveat there. Which again, in the NFL, they could do the same thing. I mean, you don't think you think the injuries in the NFL, the minor injuries, are worse than the injuries happening in the NHL. I mean, Dude, the NHL, man, you get to the end of the year with ooh. those guys and you find you find out that they've been pushing Poor them out ligaments, there. Like, broken bones like they they. Yeah, they, they, they're iron. Hey, but out there, don't forget LeBron James can't play this week. He uh, he's got a little tummy ache. He's got a tummy ache. He has to sit out for the night. Yeah. Imagine buying a ticket for an NBA game. Weeks in advance, wanting to play, wanting to see your favorite player play. And they come to find out 30 minutes before the game tips off, you find out that player's sitting out for the night because of rest. Me and uh, one of the guys here, we're planning on going down to the Pelicans-Lakers game because we want to yep. see LeBron play at least one time. And mm-hmm. like, I'm hoping that since the Pelicans are at least a halfway decent team, he'll he'll be there. But Well, I mean, especially hard, to it, with it being in the, second, the, the later half of the season. Later half. Hopefully that will be. Oh yeah, it'll be right there down the stretch. So I'm hoping he's gonna be there, but I, you know, I'm kind of just like, hey, you know, you know, at least maybe Zion will still be playing at that point. Mm. That's why you, you know, should I, I just like the NBA should shorten their season. I know we're going on a huge tangent about different sports this evening. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. I'm glad you guys are staying active in the chat. Um, but shorten the freaking season. 82 games. There's no reason the NBA is 82 games. If you're that tired, LeBron, if you're that tired, Anthony Davis, if you're that tired, Zion Williamson eating a cheeseburger on the the sideline, don't play 82 games then. Like, shorten the season to, what, 60? I mean, they're sitting down like 10 to 15 games a season anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think they did a good job this year with – with making players play at least 65 games to be qualified for any awards. I think yep. that was huge for making sure that your star players were going to play. Cause that was the biggest complaint about the NBA was just That's still crazy. I, you though. never knew if you're that, that allows them to miss 17 games in the season. Yeah. They can still miss 17 games and still win an MVP award. Yep. Like crazy. Um, Chris said, hell, some are calling for Nikita Kucherov to be suspended because he obviously half-assed in the final round. Yes, he did. Um, people switched uh, about cable. Do they all cut the cord? Oh, bitched about cable. Do they all cut the cord? Then they complained there were too many services, logins, and passwords. Oh, the irony. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and Bailey said, how is Bally getting contracts when they royalty- royally screwed them all up? Well, they were getting contracts because at first they were doing well, and then bankruptcy came into play, and that's the reason why they've just started sucking. Yeah. Um, Chris said they're not anymore. They have contracts for regional broadcasts across the country, and they were bankrupt since no one wants to buy all of them. They're trying to sell them off, but that's the hard part. Amazon just bought like 37 of the markets, which I'm sure they'll buy more if they're successful with those 37. Um, and Bailey said also sp- uh, split with coaches, trainers, et cetera, for the NHL All-Star game. Uh, but still a million bucks, especially in the NHL. The equivalency of a million dollars to the NHL to what they what it would be for the NFL especially how big the market share is for the NFL compared to the NHL. Like it's more than $50,000 $50, a person. I can tell you that much, but oh well. Um, Chris 
also points out that players play with punctured lungs. They, they, I'm, I'm telling you, NHL, man, they play with all sorts of injuries. And at, at the end of the year, after the playoffs, after their season's over, that's when you hear like the report of all the players who were actually injured yeah. out there. Um, it's there, insane. What, yeah, was, was it upper body, lower body injury? Yeah, and until the end of the season when they're like, oh yeah, he had a torn meniscus, a torn MCL, torn ACL. Like, Jesus. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Wasn't there a guy with like the avalanche last year that literally had like a broken ankle and was still playing in the Stanley Cup? I think um, you're thinking of uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights. They were literally having to stand him up. Like they put him in his pads, stood him up, and pushed him out on the ice. Like hmm. I thought it was like, the Avs like a few years ago where it was where they when they won, where it was like, oh yeah, he he came out like after the season, like, oh yeah, I broke my foot, broke my ankle, like had like a torn meniscus and just completely ruined his leg. And like Chris might have that like, answer. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I can't. Like, I'm going back and playing. I, I don't be. remember it completely, but. Huh. Um, Ann Bailey also said MLB players crying with 162 games, which that's that's ridiculous for for baseball. Um, even though the games are shorter yeah, now, I think the the average game last season two, two decreased very, very, uh, yeah, very like much. Thirty so. minutes. Yeah, because of because of um, the the pitch clock they have they instituted, which is great. I think that's something they definitely should have done years ago, but they finally did it. I think. People uh, that are complaining about going to the games for it and it's just being faster, I think just just deal with it. Yeah. Um, Chris said Chara for the uh, – both these guys are Bruins. Chara had a broken jaw, and uh, Patrice Bergeron had a punctured lung when they were playing. Um, and Bedard's trying to come back with his jaw still broken too. I think he's a few weeks out. Uh, Connor Bedard for the Blackhawks, so he should be coming soon. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. I've been trying to keep up with the Blackhawks. Is Black that the Hawks, rookie? Yep. Yeah. The yes. rookie phenom. He's the, the next... rookie Connor, Connor I mean, McDavid, the next Wayne Gretzky, they're they're playing him too lot. The Blackhawks, the Blackhawks have Connor Bedard, and that's it, basically right now. So Seth Jones is still there. Yeah, he's not doing much. Um, Yippee! At least six more weeks, Chris said. And also, the NHL prize money doesn't have agent fees taken out either, so that's huge for the players. A lot of great points. Um, they should fix it though. I think they're doing the right things to get to a point to where they're fixing it, but I think there's a few more things to make it more intriguing for fans to watch. Um, All I know is that Roger Goodell watched Mac Jones gritty down into the end zone, and he was like, all right, that's it. I'm done. We yeah. got to find something else. To we got to find here. something else. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I, you know what I went, I'm surprised they don't do? I'm surprised they don't do like a, like, you know how they do radio row for the Super Bowl? I'm surprised they don't do it for the Pro Bowl too. All the all the all pros that are there, just to talk with them about their season and everything like that. Like, why do it a week later at the Super Bowl? I mean, why uh, not just have both events in the same in the same location every year? Yeah, I mean, I they they want the Super Bowl to be the center of attention. That's the thing because the marketing of it. You look at all the banners on the field and, and the field itself being painted certain ways. And so I, I'm, that's probably the reason why just because of the yeah. schematics of, of everything, the production behind it is going to be, it, it warrants two separate events, but um, yeah. I still think it should be the two worst teams fighting for the first overall pick. That would be, that would be great to watch. And that would make it to where like teams aren't necessarily tanking for the number one. I mean, NHL has it to where they have the lottery, and the NBA does as well. 
Um, yep. So they can't really tank. But I think yeah. that would be that would be intriguing if they did make it to where the NFL had the two worst teams of the, of the year play against each other in the Pro Bowl week. <laughs> I mean, that would be. That'd be I wouldn't mind seeing a uh, maybe a an NCAA style tournament. Maybe we take the worst six to eight teams, let them all duke it out. Hmm. That would take a long time, though. It would. Or you're talking. Who cares? So, <laughs> Your season's over. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I know you're saying with the NHL how they had four teams. Was it they have the Metropolitan and they have like two? Well, no, this year it was different. It was right? different this year. It was um based. It was per player. So play, they had a draft of players. Um, okay. They had four captains, and those captains got to choose the players they wanted to play with. Um, so they had like a team Matthews, a team McDavid, a team. Trying to think of the other two that were there. I just knew Team Matthews because Philip Forsberg was on that team, so that's why I was following that one the most. Um, but they also had celebrity coaches as well. Uh celebrity yeah, I saw um, Justin captains, Bieber. I guess you could say Justin Bieber was there, Tate McCray was there too. Um uh Michael Bublé was one, and um what was his name? Michael Bublé had the press conference of a lifetime. He did. He did. It was incredible. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was very good. Um, and Tate McRae killed it with her performance too. Killed it. I thought, I thought it was a great performance um, as like a halftime performance for her. It was awesome. Um, they did a good job with it. I mean, production wise, it was great. I liked the NHL all-star game, but it, again, it's fans are just turned off because they, uh, one, they don't know it's coming because all-star, it's just kind of sneaks up on you like, Oh, all-star week is this week. It's like, Oh, okay. Um, and two, it's just that it's turning fans off from watching the Wasn't game. it also the same day as the Pro Bowl, too? Yes. No. Yeah. They were oh, it was. That's the right. Because the skills competition happened on Saturday, and then the actual All-Star Games happened at 2 o'clock um, Central on, yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't yeah. want to say that you shouldn't be competing with the NFL in anything if you want to try to... Yeah, your sport. They should probably make it to where it's like Friday night they have the skills competition, and then Saturday they have the actual All Star game for NHL. But that's about my pay grade. Yeah. Um, Chris said bottom four, one from each division. They get ranked based on record. One v four, two v three. Winner faces off for number one pick. That'd be fun. Well, I was just thinking because, like you said, like how they had the four teams. I didn't. So what I was thinking, you have. So you take NFC versus AFC still, but you have like, okay, here's the NFC North squad. Here's the AFC, NFC West, East squad, NFC West, NFC South, and just do it like, okay, we're going to do a quick flag football game, maybe go quarter by quarter and just do, okay, here's the all-stars of these four teams, especially with it being four quarters, and just be like, okay, AFC North versus NFC North, AFC East versus NFC East, AFC West versus NFC West, AFC South versus NFC South. And just do it that way. I think that would be make it more fun, especially with the way how they did this year, where there's no offensive linemen. It was mainly just skill guys, and just sort of do it that way. And then, the, and then whoever, whichever division has the Super Bowl, you can get your pick from the other three divisions to have like, hey, we want to have maybe another quarterback, or because our quarterbacks, or the best quarterback that's in our division is in the Super Bowl. Like, we want to have a another quarterback from one of the other divisions that didn't make it. Hmm. I think that would make it more fun. Yeah, I still like the big brother, the big brother idea. I think that would be some really good television. If they just had 24-7 cameras 
even if it wasn't a full, I mean, even if it was just like the day before Get Omaha the Productions Bowl. in there. Right? Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. This year was the best way to do it. It was Eli versus Peyton. Well, I mean, Eli first there played last go. year too, I believe, right? Wasn't it? Didn't yep. they coach last I don't think year? It was, too? Oh, was it last year? Yes. Oh. Yeah, it was Eli versus Peyton the last two I think years. it's probably going to be Eli versus Peyton for a few years. Yeah, I mean. Until there's a better set. Until of Jason versus Travis. I think that's going to be the next oh. the next pair. Hey, I wanted to propose this question. Yes. If the Chiefs do win the Super Bowl, that's three Super Bowls for Travis Kelsey. He said it earlier this year that he con- he's been contemplating retirement for a couple of years now. Does this put him over the edge? Like, oh, if he wins, definitely. For Travis? For Travis? I, think- I mean... He's, you know, go out on top. I mean, what? I mean, they're talking about Andy Reid leaving. Um, I mean, recently Travis Kelsey said he's not, he's not thinking of retirement. Um, Jason Kelsey sounds like he's not thinking of retirement either. Sounds like he might. Play I think another the year. he's not retiring is because Adam Schefter ruined yeah, blew his, that up. Yeah, you know, kind of like Tom Brady. Um, I think Travis will stay in. The, I mean. Why break that marriage of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey? If he can get, if he can stay in the league for three more years and get one more Super Bowl outside of this year, I mean, he can go down as one of the best. I mean, he already is, but yeah. one of the best tight ends to ever do it. So, um, also, Chris said Brady versus Peyton could potentially be coaching matchup too. Eli versus Peyton. Or Eli versus uh, Eli Brady. versus Brady would be. <laughs> yep. Call call NFL right now and tell them that because I think that would be, that would be great. No, but I think that there would be some good. I think there's some good ones that they can do that aren't just Peyton and Eli for sure. I think they should also have a pro uh, some sort of competition for announcers, Pro Bowl announcers, and have like an announcer off. Tony I mean, Romo hey, versus Greg Olson. Dan Orlovsky. I mean, Greg Olson. Well, Dan Orlovsky got out there and actually absolutely slung the ball. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. everyone loves the everyone it. loves the Rich Eisen forty yard dash every year too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just things like that. I think something like that would be cool as well. Just include more of just not just the players, but with and just the, the whole, whole sport. Yeah, the whole talent on, on for the NFL. I think that'd be that'd be great. But. We've gone on a lot of tangents tonight. We've talked about a lot of t- different topics. NBA, NHL, NFL. Um, hey, when, the, when there's only one, as I say, when there's only one game left, we got into a little baseball. We mentioned the pitch clock. Yeah, we did. But when there's yeah. only yeah, one there's game baseball, left. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Should really we talk about soccer or, I mean. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know much. Oh, I want to talk about, we could talk about soccer. We could talk about the World Cup being, the final being held at East Rutherford, New Jersey. Oh, God. <laughs> have you seen, have you seen that Danny DeVito, not Danny DeVito, that um, Joe Pesci meme where it's like, the, he's looking around. He's like, he looks at the, at the stadium in East Rutherford and said, what the F is this? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like, I understand you've got to put it in New York because that's it's New York. It's New Jersey. But, it's New Jersey. But like, right. It's... But then ultimately it is New Jersey. And I, I mean, it just feels like if you really want to do it right, doesn't it feel like it should be either like Vegas Texas. or Dallas or LA? It be Texas. 
It should be Texas. It should be Arlington. It should be. It should be. You want. You want the most American. You want the most American experience. When it, uh, yes, it is yeah. all of North America with Canada, USA, and Mexico. You want, but it's it, a, a more of them are more of the stadiums are in a, are in uh are in are in the USA. So yeah. I think if you had to have it, you if you wanted to be like, oh yeah, this is America personified. You should have it in Dallas, in the AT and T Stadium, in Jerry World. It has to be outdoors, though. That's the thing. It has to be outdoors. I mean, AT and T Stadium is is already one of the. It's one of the places for it. I thought. I think yeah. AT and T Stadium is. They want it. They want it to be mostly outdoors because that's usually where it's at. They usually like the outdoor stadiums. Um, AT and T has a lot of seats, and that's their main reason why they got picked as well. Nissan Stadium was actually one of the finalists too, but they said the new stadium that they would they would be too. Too long um, away for them to actually use that stadium instead. Yeah. Um, Chris said, are you say, saying you've gone out of bounds tonight? Yes, we have. We've gone out of bounds quite a bit this evening. Um, we want them to come back, though, right? Most of the players don't want turf. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that, here's the thing. All these stadiums that have turf that are like, we just can't put in grass in any stadium. Look what's happening with the World Cup. You're, they're doing it. They're doing it. They're everywhere. doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's even a, though, even though oh, I, I have to say, I, I, I know the turf thing. It's been a controversial topic in Tennessee, though, in Nashville, in Nissan Stadium. There weren't. I can't think of a singular. Um, I wouldn't say catastrophic, but a singular severe injury that occurred at Nissan Stadium this year with the, with the new, new aged turf, the new like. Yeah. The um, it's not biodegradable, the but like the new natural um, the natural like the fill or whatever. Yeah, the coconut husks and things. There, yeah. there wasn't, there weren't injuries like that in Nashville compared to other places like East Rutherford, New Jersey. So that's where that's where uh, New Jersey is where uh, Rogers ACLs and Achilles go to die. Rogers Achilles uh, Rogers Achilles got blown there. Um, Jason, Jason Phillips, Jason Phillips. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else was there because there was another big player that was there too. that got his Achilles. There were snapped. several specifically at MetLife this yeah. year. Like it yeah. was like yeah. Met. I think MetLife had the most like catastrophic injuries of anywhere. And that's year. the thing too. This is the first year I've said it again on the show before, but this is the first year I've actually heard of multiple Achilles injuries to significant players, the most I've yep. ever heard in a season was this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was uh, today on the Pat McAfee show, Kirk Cousins was actually talking oh, about. Yeah, he showed, he showed his scar. Showed his scar. It was gnarly. Whoa. Um, yeah. It was a gnarly scar. But what he said is he thinks what it is, is it's where the skill players are getting so fast. And so like the way that they move, it just turns into uh, it. The Achilles like just isn't developed in a way that is caught up with the way that they move. I mean, like Kirk said today, like when his snapped, he was like, I was getting ready to take off to get us into field goal position. I was just going to run the ball up five, six yards. I went to go move. And then I didn't move mm-hmm. like yeah, and- something, something is happening with like, it's it's something to do with the it's got to have something to do with like the surface to the equipment like yeah all these different things 
Yeah, and he didn't have it in the turf stadium either. He did it at Lambeau, which Lambeau's Lambeau. a grass field. So, mm-hmm. well, which he was saying that uh, a couple of people at Lambeau specifically, because they always use the screw in spikes, uh, yeah. at, people use that as a Lambeau. It's oftentimes people that don't use those screw in spikes regularly that when they use them, something is happening mm. that is causing these tears. Now, no, no medical professional, but hey, when it's, when you, you know, when you roll the dice that many times and it keeps landing on one, maybe there's something funky going on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to. I understand why East Rutherford MetLife put that turf in, just because it's so hard to maintain a grass yeah. field in that environment all year long. Yeah, we, but if you can maintain one in Las Vegas and Arizona, then True. get True. out of here. Um, Chris said, kind of gives the NFL PA a leg up in their put-down natural grass argument and also isn't that where alex smith got hurt too no alex smith got hurt no. in washington he got hurt washington, in dc FedEx field yep in fedex field the exact the worst stadium in the worst league so bad. ever so bad where, and yet and it's the exact same injury that joe theisman did like was it 22 years beforehand like it was the same yard line same area same like three-time defensive player of the year mm-hmm. like just the just the coincidence between those two is just insane. Yeah. A uh, close friend of ours for Alex and I, Carlos, is in the chat saying the guy on the right doesn't know ball um, with a big LOL. But, I mean, if, you, if you're if you just now tuning in, Carlos, we're not talking about ball. So, obviously, you don't know how much knowledge he actually does have because he has quite a bit with uh, NFL. But that's the reason why he's on the show in the first place. Not because of his, you know, NBA, MLB, NHL talk, you know, he might have knowledge of those two. He does a little bit. Um, this has been a long show. Yeah. And a lot of topics discussed. Um, thanks for sticking with us out there. If you're still listening, um, once again, if you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, on Twitch, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcast, you can subscribe to out of bounds with Dylan James Follow us in all those locations and subscribe to us on YouTube because we want the followers there. We're still trying to get 500. That's what we're trying to get 500 subscribers. Let's get to that point because we'd love to give away a Jersey. We have a Jersey that we give away um, of your choosing. If we get to 500 subscribers, if you subscribe there and you also like our Instagram page for OOB podcast and JDF media, like those two and you're in the, in the running for a Jersey. Um, Before we get going, let's get down to the last thing on the docket final thing on the docket super bowl 58 chiefs 49ers sunday in las vegas alex i'll start with you who is going to win the super bowl this year i have to say the 49ers i i think it's just time you know i think if you look at teams who are truly dominant Right. We think of the Ravens uh, back when they had their unbelievable defense. We think of the Legion of Boom. We think of the uh, the Patriot 2007 Patriots, which I they, I know they didn't go on to win the Super Bowl ultimately. But when we think of truly dominant teams, I don't think this Chiefs team is the one that we think of now. Do I think that they'll cover the spread? Absolutely. The, the underdog is like 16-6-1 against the spread 
in the Super Bowl over the last several many, many years. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the Niners have put together maybe the greatest roster in the history of the NFL it, on both sides of the ball. A big part of that is because they have found an absolute dog at quarterback and they only have to pay him $800,000 a year. This is their opportunity. I think that if they are going to do it, this is the year that they're going to do it. And if they don't do it this year, then maybe it's time to switch some things up and maybe find a new avenue to go down. Hmm. But I think this year, this is the year for the 49ers. I think they are a team of destiny this year. That was a pretty good argument. Tyler? I think it's got to be San Francisco as well. I think this is their year. Um, I could do the I could do the ESPN stat of the last five times they played a blue team in the championship game. They won the Super Bowl. So I think that's going to happen again. Yes, that's a real stat. Wait, that's a real stat. Again, I saw again, that. Again. So Both red teams. No, no so the team. championship game in the NFC championship game. So if they face a blue team in the NFC championship game, the 49ers would end up winning the Super Bowl. Oh, oh. so that was the stat. That's if they, if they, if they the win stat. against a blue team in the NFC championship game, championship that team game. goes on to win the Super Bowl. The, no, the, the 49ers would go on to win the Super Bowl. So the last few times that they – so they face the Lions, the Packers, and like some other team that I can't remember – like two of them were not blue. Lions are blue, so they're gonna win it. And the last few times they did win, they beat a blue team in the championship game. It's the most it. ESPN stat ever, but I don't know. Hey, it's I don't believe thing. in I don't believe in coincidences either. So no, <laughs> you it's, just it's furthered the, my point. It's the same thing as the, it's the same thing as what is it? The waxing gibbous. The waxing the gibbous yeah. versus the Thanksgiving game, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I have 49ers winning it. But, no, I, to be truthful, they just have a better defense. Yes, this is the best defense that the Chiefs have had, but you look – I think you're going to look back at this defense in 10 years, they're going to be like, like, this was the best defense since – this is going to – I think this the, the 49ers defense is going to be re- regarded, not even as the Ravens, but as the 70s, the Steel Curtain Steelers. It's going to be that monumental to – modern nfl especially having a linebacker that's yes he's a little bit of a traditional linebacker but he can go coast he can go sideline to sideline cover a tight end cover a running back cover a wide receiver and i think mm-hmm. that's the key to it and you're and you're still missing your star strong safety in i don't know halafongu thank you and and he tore his acl this year like and you still have one of the if not the best defense in the entire league Two 49ers. I listen. I said it last chance. I said it during the conference championship game. I'm gonna say it again. I don't like betting against Patrick Mahomes. I, I just don't. It's it's so hard for me to wrap my mind around choosing someone else besides in his current trajectory a future Hall of Famer in this league. In Patrick Mahomes. I think he's already shored that up. Well, I mean, 
I think I think he just needs some more longevity. I think he needs some more time in the league. That, that that's going to shore it up. I I I do believe he will be there, but again, I don't think he's just a, a an automatic bid right now. But I think he can very soon. I don't like betting against Patrick Mahomes against the spread. We've talked about it as an underdog. I think Patrick Mahomes is like eleven and one against the spread in his career in the playoffs. As an underdog, as an underdog, yeah. Like eleven and one, the spread is two and a half points in this game. I think it's been two. Uh, I think it's been one, but seen one and a half. Yep, Chiefs have not been favored in this game at all since the line came out. I find it very hard to believe to choose against the Chiefs, so I, I'm picking the Chiefs. It's it's tough for it. I mean. Do I want to see the Niners win? Yeah, I'd love to see Brock Purdy win. I'd love to see, you know, George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and all those guys. Do I think this is like it if they don't win this year? No, I don't think so. I think they still have a shot of being successful for the next few years as long as they keep some of those some of those core players in place. They have Brock Purdy on that cheap contract for the next few years still. Um, they have, what, two more seasons of him making less than a million dollars, which again, we've talked about him potentially getting an extension, but still he has time. Christian McCaffrey's going to still be there. George Kittle's going to still be there. He's a few years younger than Travis Kelsey. So obviously he's not looking at retirement yet. Um, Debo Samuel's still going to be there. He had had that extension, what, two seasons ago. So they have all the pieces there. They're going to still have those pieces. I just think that Patrick Mahomes, when the lights are the brightest, he turns it on as the underdog. And I think that we've seen them not produce as high as scores as we thought they would, especially like, you know, in the Ravens game, only scoring 17 points. And, and the week before that, they were not really humming on offense either. Uh, didn't put it up as many points as we thought they would, but things can come together very quickly. And this team having a week of preparation, Andy Reed having a week of preparation, to think about the 49ers going into this game, I think that that's going to bode in their favor, even though Shanahan had a week too. But I think that Reed, Andy Reid's had a lot more success at this level in the Super Bowl. So I think the Chiefs are going to win it. Um, and those reports about Andy Reid potentially retiring if he wins, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Could you, I, I, mean, I don't think he, I don't could you think see an Andy Reid retiring and then like a Bill Belichick stepping in or a Mike Vrabel stepping in, taking that? Uh, team? Mike Vrabel's too big. Mike Vrabel's too big. Uh, oh yeah, he's too big for for GMs and owners to, you to know, talk to. He's he's an imposing get, figure. Did you guys hear that? Apparently Vrabel's going to try to help out in Wisconsin, Wisconsin for the spring because he was he was he was uh college teammates Fickle. with Luke Fickle who's the Wisconsin oh, Badgers yeah. head coach. Okay. Okay. So hmm. he's going to try to come in this spring and try to help out a bit. Well, if he's the Chiefs head coach next year, I don't think he'll have time to um not but... just springtime, so. I know. Maybe. It's a spring. I don't ball. know. I I think the Chiefs are going to win. I I can't pick up I can't pick against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Huh. I think this has a chance to be Rasheed one Rice. of the the best uh Pacheco. Super Bowls in years. It's going to be very good. It's going to be very, very good. I, I, I think it's, it's not going to be like the 28 to three and then the comeback from that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be more of a shootout no. than that. Um, yeah. yeah. This game's going to be very good. 
You I know think, who I, I think this is gonna this is gonna be the determining factor. Whoever wins the uh, whoever wins the uh, turnover battle in this game, I think is ultimately gonna be who wins this thing. And if you look at turnovers this season and the tendency that for them to happen versus not happen, that is heavily, heavily in the Niners' favor. This has been one of the worst years for turnovers for the Chiefs in a decade. Mm. Well, it's also their wide receivers can't catch balls, but I mean, recently over the over in the playoffs, Rasheed Rice has stepped up quite a bit. MVS, MVS has, has stepped up. Caught some balls, doesn't have bricks for hands. Yep, he's actually done some really good things with the balls with the ball in his hands this season. Also, did you hear that? Um, um, what Kadarius Tony came out saying that he's a wide receiver one. It's just they need, need to give him the ball more. Did you hear that? I I also heard that apparently he's mad at the Chiefs because he wasn't injured. I heard that too. He actually but, he went on to Instagram. Instagram, yeah, Instagram Live. A black screen. What the heck? Um, black screen was not on camera, but you could hear him talking and him saying, "I'm not injured." I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't know what the Chiefs are talking about. I'm not injured. I can play, but they're holding me out of the game. And I think it's Meanwhile, smart. he had just had a baby. He had just had a baby. Yeah. Like they were yeah. clearly just trying to help him and his family when they didn't at a time in the season when they didn't really need him. Do you see Kadarius Tony staying with the Chiefs after the season? Oh God, no. Yes. I actually I do. I I, I say think... yes because he's cheap, but I, I don't think I don't think Patrick Mahomes wants him on his yeah, team uh, anymore. That's the big thing too. And do you want him in the locker room? If he's already if if he's already going on Instagram and doing all this, like you don't really hear things like that out of the Chiefs organization. The past few years you haven't really heard that kind of stuff. Oh. Also sorry, I so the NFL honors just started and they have a Cirque du Soleil act to start off the NFL honors. Weird. And they're just panning to the panning to the like NFL talent and they're just sitting there just like dumbfounded, like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> like they they just showed they just showed Ray Lewis and he's just like, Wait, what? Who's like he's talking. I think it's uh, Keegan Michael Key again. Probably, yeah, probably. Um, also, Some we have a very special guest in the chat. And this is a question for Alex. What mouthpiece do y'all prefer for Baroque period literature? Jordan Robinson. What? Sorry, Jordan. I'm actually not a Baroque expert, uh, but I'm happy to promote Long Island Brass Company mouthpieces all day long. If it's not Baroque, don't fix it. Yeah. Shout out, no free shout outs, but no free shout outs. Thank you for the question, Jordan. We appreciate it. This, is, <laughs> this has been a long episode. <laughs> a lot of things have been covered. If you are watching this live, go back and listen to the whole thing. I, you need to. I don't care if it's on you, you two times speed on Apple Podcasts tomorrow when this thing drops at 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern. You need to listen to it because I think it was it was uh, great. And Jordan said thank you. Ice Keegan Michael Key. What the hell is going on? Sorry, Keegan Michael Key just uh, came from the ceiling. Oh, with, that's fun. Like Katy uh, Perry. Was that was yes. that Keegan Michael Key? Yes, I think that's Keegan Michael Key. No, I think that's just a performer. It looks like Keegan Michael Key. Oh, it is. It is. Whoa. He just has more of a beard now. Oh, yeah. Interesting. What the hell is going on? I don't know. I have to watch this. Um. Also, another <laughs> thing before we go, Will Levis beat Trevor Lawrence in table tennis. 
It was like a score of like Damn right he did. It was like twenty eight to nine. It was something ridiculous, but blew him out. So get used to that, Trevor Lawrence with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Will Levis is gonna have your number for the next fifteen years. Get get used Damn to right. it, Sunshine. Ugh. Trevor Lawrence. I I still don't understand the infatuation with him. I don't I don't overrated. Anyway. You know sorry. We'll get into it another we'll get time. It. We have a full off season to talk about anything and everything NFL. Thanks for watching this week, guys. Uh, we appreciate your support. Enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend. Hope you watch it with your loved ones. Have a lot of food. Have a lot of drinks. Gamble responsibly this weekend. And uh, we'll see you right here next week on Thursday. Out of Bounds, Dylan James and JDF Media.